I've been thinking a lot this morning about what I refer to as advanced expectations. Uh, these are different from the expectations that we sometimes have for how we hope things will go or how things will turn out. Uh, this is something that's actually a little different. And I think it really comes under <clears throat> the, uh, the guise of resistance. And uh, in mindfulness practice, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the, uh, what happens to us and how it affects us when we resist, you know, what is. That could be a certain feeling, a certain circumstance, something going on in our lives that uh, we're not, you know, we don't want to have happen or, or have to be happening. And yet it is. And that's a little bit of what I am thinking about this morning. I had a really interesting experience yesterday. It was a very painful experience. And without going into all the, the details, because it's really not necessary, I don't think. Uh, I'm just trying to distill you know, what it is that I learned and, and from what I experienced yesterday uh, as this happened. But to make a, a long story short, I lost one of my animals yesterday that I've had for the past 11 years. And this is not a, it's not really a surprise because he has been declining uh, pretty steadily over the past few months. And uh, after discussions with the veterinarian, it, uh, it appeared that there was really nothing that could be done in this case. And uh, I did look at the option of once he really started, you know, really struggling and not struggling, but really declining, uh, whether it would be best to, you know, prematurely, uh, you know, go ahead and end his life uh, or just, you know, let, let this kind of play out and let him, you know, hopefully go peacefully and painlessly. And so that is, that's the road that I took. And I made a conscious decision to, uh, yeah, I made a conscious decision to, you know, be with him through this process and, uh, just mindfully, you know, sit with this, uh, as he went through this and what is, uh, and it's and it probably was not that much different from, you know, these experiences that other people have gone through or will go through. Uh, there's nothing that unique about you know loss itself. In other words, we all are faced with this, and I'm not downplaying it at all because it when it's uh, when it's us in that moment, and we're dealing with someone that we really care about, it does feel very very. It is very very real. And it is, uh, it, it, it can be a very difficult process. And I've been through it myself after losing both of my parents and uh, sitting at my mother's bedside as, uh, as she died from complications from a stroke. Uh, I know all too well the, uh, the feeling of watching someone help, you know, helplessly knowing that there's nothing that you can do. And you just are really, and, and I think it's normal to want them to pass as painlessly as possible and you want them to suffer as little as possible and I think that's just a normal human universal feeling I think that most of us if not all of, all of us feel this way I can't speak for everyone but anyway with you know with my mother I you know what I had hoped for did actually happen she did pass very peacefully uh, she steadily declined over a you know 36 hour period and as difficult as it was, I didn't realize it at the time, but, you know, it went the way that I hoped that it would have gone. And even, in, and it was, you know, it was small consolation uh, in dealing with the loss of her. Uh, but at the end of the day, though, it did go the way that I had wanted it to go for her 
And I also think sometimes I, you know, I, I'm not afraid to speak about the uh, self-interest that we all have, and that we don't, you know, most of us do not want to watch people suffer. It, it's it's difficult for us to do so. We don't want them suffering, but we also don't want to see them suffer. And I know sometimes people are uncomfortable speaking about this or getting real about it. But at the end of the day, it's very hard for us to watch. And I can't speak for everyone, but I think for almost everyone, if not everyone, that's the case. Well, yesterday, I, uh, without realizing it, I was harboring the same expectations and the same hopes. I had resigned myself to the fact that he was going and that there was nothing that could be done about it. And without realizing it, it was very subtle, but I found myself having expectations about and I could remember definite times when I was kind of like, okay, all right, he's, uh, and I was talking to myself. I didn't, re- I didn't really realize it until after the fact, but I was, there was, there was self-talk going on. It was like, okay, all right, he's, you know, he doesn't seem to be suffering. This seems to be like he's, you know, suffering as little as possible. This is going to be okay. You know, we're going to get him through this. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I clearly had built up a, it was harboring a lot of expectations and hopes that he was just going to pass very peacefully. And again, without getting into all the details, he started to go as he, as he, as he was ending his life, as his life was ending in the last moments, uh, for probably about a minute, maybe 45 seconds to a minute, there was a tremendous struggle. And I kept, I knew somehow, I knew instinctively that it was coming. And yet I was in denial. I did not want to accept the fact that this is what he was going to have to go through uh, to pass through to the other side. I I just, I just did not want to believe that that was going to happen. I didn't want it to happen. And as he struggled, I struggled. And and it was so unbelievably painful to watch him. And at the end of the day, when I look back on it now, I don't know how much he was really struggling. I don't know how much he, and I'll never know, but it's, that's the way that it looked to me. And so I realized this morning after reflecting on this, I went through a tremendous amount of sadness last night and felt just a unceasing pain of this sadness that he, it appeared to me that he suffered a bit uh, the last 45 seconds to the minute, last minute of his life. And the way that he went was not the, 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 and there again, I didn't realize it in that moment, but I clearly was clinging to the hope and sort of deciding that, you know, okay, hopefully this is the way it's going to go. He's just going to peacefully pass. And it didn't quite happen that way. It wasn't the, you know, the incredibly dramatic uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, it could have been a lot worse, but it, it, it was not the peaceful goodbye that I had hoped for. And uh, it was not pretty to watch. And I realized today that it's unbelievable how, you know, we can do this. We can fall into this trap so easily. Of It's one thing to have hopes and expectations that things will go a certain way before we know the outcome. But it's quite another for us, and I think it's like almost like an advanced level of suffering. It's almost like a different way of suffering. It's a different way of causing pain for ourselves when instead of just letting what happens happen, and I realize there again that we all always need to do the most that we can 
that we're capable of in any situation to right wrongs, to alleviate suffering, to make things better for others and for ourselves. But in those, there are situations where we are helpless and there's nothing that we can do. All we can do is simply watch events unfold. And I think that it is so easy to cause so much, and I, and I felt a tremendous, as he, after he passed, I felt a tremendous amount of suffering. I cried and wailed and just kept saying over and over again, why, you know, why did he have to go this way? Why did it have to happen? I did not want him to suffer. I didn't want him to suffer. And I was protesting. I was just beside myself that this did not go the way that I wanted. And it's not that it was, I mean, I guess there's a degree of selfishness in anything that we want or hope that happens. I don't want to deny that. But I think a lot of times we just want the best for other people as well as for ourselves. And I think it's very human. But unfortunately, I was clinging to a model in my mind of this is the outcome, the the quote-unquote desired outcome. And as it became apparent that that outcome was not going to uh, be what was going to unfold, there was a tremendous amount of resistance on my part. I felt a tremendous amount of physical and emotional pain because I was resisting what was actually happening. And it would have been much easier for me, I believe, to have been open to whatever the outcome was going to be and just riding it out with him as much as I could. I know that I could not be with him and in in, in with what he was experiencing, but I could try to be there and love him and try to comfort him as much as I did. I still believe that I would have been very sad and distraught about the fact that he didn't appear that he went as peacefully as I would have liked. But because I was, I, I clearly was investing energy in wanting him this to go a certain way. And I realize now that there are many things in our lives, once things have gone a certain way, and it's not going our way, and that happens quite often to all of us, things do not unfold the way that we had hoped. Our expectations do not get met. People don't do the things that we hoped that they would do. They don't respond in the way that we hoped that they would respond. And so we're left with dealing with a situation where it's already already not going our way. So we have two choices. We can either mindfully and calmly breathe through it and sit with, metaphorically speaking, I mean, we can sit physically and, and be quiet and be still, but we can also do that, you know, what I call meditating on our feet, meditating while moving, meditating while living life. We can be still and be quiet and let whatever happens happen without our need to comment on it, without our need to develop beliefs and, and reactions and responses to things that will only make us suffer. And instead, the focus I know for that I want that I want for me is to be able to cope with things. And it's almost like it's adding insult to injury when things already don't go our way. When I find myself clinging to expectations and hopes about, well, it's not really going the way I want. It's not really what I want, but maybe at least it will go this way. It's not going to be what I like, but at least, hopefully, it's not going to be as bad as it could be. And so we start developing desired scenarios of desired outcomes in our head. 
And I think it's a very, very difficult one to catch ourselves in the act of because we're already wrapped up in our resistance and our resistance to and the reactions to how something is already not going the way that we had hoped. And it's a, it's a very critical point to be at because once we're there, it's very easy to get lost in those reactions to it. It's very easy to get lost in, in our thoughts and the feeling, the thoughts about the feelings that are coming up, about things not going the way that we want, about the feelings of disappointment, disillusionment, disenchantment, uh, confusion, anger, fear, sadness, resignation, all of those things that come up. So it's, and it, and it's probably never more critical than at that time when we are already suffering because something's not going the way that we had hoped for us to be able to be awake enough to be out of the trance of being caught up in those thoughts about those feelings that we're having and our reactions to what's happening to be able to, to catch ourselves in that moment and say, you know what, I'm, I, I've got to back away from this. I have to, I have to let go of these expectations I am, you know, it's and, and that, that's just kind of the way I talk to myself. I know everybody does that a little differently, but it's never, it's probably never more difficult to let go of our clinging to those reactions and thoughts about those feelings that come up when we are suffering, when we're already there, which is different from when we're fearing that particular outcome. That's a whole different ball of wax. It's a whole different thing. But at the same time, though, some of those coping mechanisms that we use in one of those situations can definitely, some of those tools can be used in the other situation. It's just that when we're in, you know, the, 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 the heat is on and we're in the middle of it and the camera's rolling, you know, how, how do we stop the suffering, stop inflicting more suffering upon ourselves? And even, in fact, this would even apply to after the fact, after it's already not gone our way and if we have developed hopes and, and desires about it, even if it's not going our way, at least it goes this particular way because this hurts the least or this is the least painful or this is the least uh, or the, the easiest thing to accept, even though it's really not what we want. We're still kind of bargaining in a way. We're still trying to, you know, bend the outcome to, you know, what will, will, will cause us the least pain and suffering. So we need to be able to realize that you know that's those are the moments that really define how we're going to cope because it's generally pretty easy to cope when things are going fairly well it's just these times when things are not going our way and not meeting our expectations how do we cope then and i know that when I look back at yesterday, I can see that I clearly could have suffered less. It was already tough enough to lose some, you know, someone that I cared very much about and had, had been with a long time. It already was tough enough. And it's very uh, disheartening to think about the fact that I made it much harder. I made it much more difficult, needlessly. But it's just that there's no need to do that bargaining uh, in, the, in those moments. There's no need to, uh, to brace ourselves further and also to delude ourselves further. I think there is an aspect of self-delusion in what I was doing yesterday. I wanted to tell myself that, okay, he's suffering, but, you know, it's, he, he's going to pass peacefully. It's going to be okay. Just hang in there with him. It's, it's you know, it, it soon will be over and it will, it will, it will end peacefully. 
And I know someone could say, well, you know, why, why would you tell yourself it's not going to end peacefully? I don't think it's so much that I need to tell myself that. It's just that I don't know. And I think, you know, when you're in those situations where you have what some of the ancient Zen Buddhist masters called, you know, having that don't know mind, you just don't know. And it's okay not to know. In fact, in this case, it's probably easier to sit with not knowing than it is to start trying to tell ourselves, you know, things are going to go a certain way. And then we set ourselves up for more pain and disappointment. It's really how we take care of ourselves when things aren't going our way that makes all the difference in the quality of our lives. I'm coming to find that out pretty late in life, but I'm very glad that I'm starting to realize it. And I want to continue to be able to, uh, to practice this because there is certainly, uh, as being a human being, it's inevitable that there is more, more disappointment uh, and more hopes that are, you know, hopes dashed and hopes lost and uh, things not necessarily going my way in the future. It's just inevitable. It's not, I'm not a victim. It's just that this is the way life is. And, I've, and I'm finally learning to accept that and be at peace with it as much as I can until the next moment when I'm not. And that's okay. All I have to do is realize it when I'm not and take care of myself and provide that self-care that I've been speaking of earlier. It's as simple as that.